time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is our special bonus episode. We're going to talk everything frostbite. Yes. Welcome. We are coming on here because we have been getting flooded with so many of you, so many of the listeners coming on talking about frostbite. So we thought we would come on here, do a special episode where we could help as many people as we could. Right. This episode also coincides with an article on our website. And in that article, you can find links to all of our podcast episodes that we mention in this episode. Because there are three of them where we specifically talk about frostbite. One of them with Dr. Rebecca. And if you're having frostbite issues, you really want to listen to this. You really want to go listen to that one. Yes, definitely. So we're going to start off just what is frostbite? I mean, we're getting right, right into the thick of it right now because this is a problem for so many of you out there. What is frostbite? Let's talk about it scientifically. What exactly is it? Frostbite is essentially when tissue is exposed to temperatures that are so cold, the liquid in the cells freezes and the cells die. You heard it right. The cells die. They There's no coming back from it. It kills the cells. Right. If you're lucky, it's a surface frostbite where you might lose a couple of layers of skin. But as the temperatures drop, the severity of the frostbite also tends to become worse Your chicken can lose chunks of their comb. They can lose points on their comb. They can lose toes. They can lose entire feet from frostbite. Right. So what happens is when people start to see redness, even in people, I saw a news story out there on frostbite and people, a doctor was on the news. And exactly what Holly Ann was talking about is when it goes through the different levels, if you've just hit a first level or two, then you may not have the big chunk of tissue all falling off and everything. But when you start to change colors from the red to the white to the black, that is the death of the tissue. And they there is no coming back. It's going to fall off and hopefully heal, heal well. That's the only thing you can hope for at that point. Right. Now, when we had some frigid temperatures last year, one of my roosters had frostbite just on the outer layer of his skin. He didn't lose points on his comb, but it turned whitish and then it turned a dark purple. I've seen it in the past where, especially points on rooster combs, where when you find the bird right after the frostbite, there's no color. And that's because everything's frozen and died already. There's literally no color left. And then what you start to see is the tissue turning black, becoming necrotic. Right. Because it's just going to die Best case scenario, it dries up and falls off. Worst case scenario, you need a vet for amputation. Right. And in between there, it can become infected. When we say it can become infected, we mean that you're going to see discharge, oozing, just swelling, discoloration, bad smells, all the things that come along with anything that gets infected. So once the frostbite happens, it can then in the time when it takes to heal, get infected sometimes. And that's when you have real, real trouble. Right. Now, a lot of people wonder whether 
or not, this is a painful condition? And the answer to that is a resounding yes. This is an extremely painful condition for chickens. For people alike. So for people, any animal that has frostbite, it's highly painful. So, you know, this is why we always recommend to have a relationship with your veterinarian, because as Dr. Rebecca was saying on the show when she was on a while ago, pain medicines can help immensely with chickens with frostbite. Right, right. They really can. It's it's extraordinarily painful. I've seen it before in a couple of my roosters in the early days. It's one of the reasons I'm so loud about it. I don't want to see birds have to go through that if it's preventable. And like you said, there are certain things you can get from your veterinarian that can really help this. So let's go into, you've got a frostbitten chicken. This is most of the messages we're getting. Photos, you know, is this frostbite? This must be frostbite. What do I do? Your chicken has frostbite. Now what? Okay. So first thing is that chicken needs to come in out of the cold where the frostbite has happened. So we have to get them out of the cold so it doesn't continue to get worse through more skin layers. We need to clean those areas up with an antiseptic such as Hypoclens, which is the chlorhexidine, which is the scrub. Just real gentle, clean the tissue. You want to make sure the skin has come back up to, say, room temperature before you start doing anything to it. Yeah, just bring them inside. Let them warm up. You don't need to put them in water or anything. Just bring them in and let the ambient temperature slowly warm their skin. Then you get to assess the damage and start some very gentle cleaning. Yeah, gentle cleaning. And then you want to add aloe vera per Dr. Rebecca on the show. She said that works very well. And silver ointment. Now, if you have that from your veterinarian, that's an ointment or a cream that is used to treat cut scrapes, burns, all these different things. So you want to put those two things on before you even think about calling the veterinarian. The silver ointment's very antimicrobial. There are different strengths of it, but it's antimicrobial. The aloe I thought was interesting. Dr. Rebecca mentioned that that has been shown to have a lot of healing properties for frostbite. So I went and looked it up. There are study after study. I mean, really deep scientific studies talking about how effective it is. I mean, we knew it was good for burns and things like that, but apparently it is super effective at helping the skin start to heal after frostbite. Well, when Dr. Rebecca was on, she explains frostbite sometimes as in a cold burn. So you can burn the skin with heat. This is essentially burning the skin with cold. So you're kind of going to do the same types of treatments to treat the chickens for as if they were burned from something hot. Mm-hmm. So those ointments and then calling the vet and alerting them, they may want to see the chicken to then prescribe some pain medication and make sure that, you know, take a look at it and see if there's anything else. There are other prescription drugs that they can give you and assist you with the healing. This is really, it's it's awful. It's all these things and it's horrible and it's no joke. It's, no. I, some of the pictures we're seeing are just horrible. They're just, just horrible. They really are. And so, like you said, there is no fixing frostbite. Once it's there, that tissue is dead. So you're trying to help the remaining tissue heal and you're trying to prevent infection. So let's talk a little bit about how to prevent frostbite to begin with, because that is really your object. I've seen so many 
things coming up on social media and talking about moisture and all these different things. And essentially what we want to point out to everybody is all those things with moisture aside, if that temperature is below, let's say 28 or 30 for a prolonged period of time, you're going to have frostbite with skin exposed to that level of temperature, whether it's in a coop or outside. Moisture really doesn't play a huge role in all of this. Right. So we're going to use Gail Damaro's temperature because she's she's one of the few authorities that approaches this. And she says sustained temperatures 25 degrees and under can lead to frostbite and or hypothermia, which is essentially your chicken freezing to death. So the other thing you were touching on was if you go on pretty much any like chicken chicken Facebook group, et cetera, people will say, look, if your coop is dry, your birds won't get frostbite. And that is complete malarkey. Your, your coop could be in the Sahara Desert with not a drop of moisture. If the temperatures are falling below the mid to low 20s, God forbid, in the teens or single digits, that is going to cause frostbite. The other thing is that wrapping runs and coops are great. They're going to bring the temperature up tiny bits, but not enough to prevent these things from happening. So the best prevention is to get them out of the wind and cold for prolonged periods of time, not letting them be out there. So using a cozy coop panel heater in your coop when they're in there. And then when we have really low temperatures and wind chills, keeping them in. Right. And if you don't have that, then my solution that I do is I bring everybody into my garage and pop-ups. It's inconvenient, but it does get them out of the elements. Well, right. Your first line of defense is your coop. If you have power and you can put a sweeter heater or a cozy coop heater in your coop, that's the best way to go. If you don't have power to your coop, or let's say you only have a couple of chickens, you maybe want to bring them into a garage or a basement, somewhere where their temperature is going to be 30 degrees or above. Right. Exactly. If you bring them into your house, that's fine. But if you do that, you do want to keep them in there until your bitter cold spell is over and your temperatures are at least above 30 degrees before you take the chickens back out. My garage is not the warmest spot, believe me. When I go out there to take care of them, I have to put a jacket and a hat on because it's about 40 degrees or a little bit less. And that's fine. And I have panel heaters in the pop-ups with them so they can kind of cozy up. And I cover them all up at night. But I will tell you this, it gets them out of the elements. Now, the coop can save the same, the coop can serve the same purpose. Right putting the panel heater in the coop and keeping them in during the day. This is the one time, one time that we say putting food and water in a coop is okay. Right. Which is what I did. I put food and water in all of my coops. The birds could stay in there. Doors were open, so they had some sunlight, but the birds could stay in there and they could stay near the heater and it it warded off frostbite for everyone. And the reason I know that my coops are not way, way too hot is because overnight that water will still get a skim of ice on it. You know, right. it's not it's you know, it's not 12 degrees in my coop the way it is outside. It's probably more like 28 or 30. It's warm enough to ward off frostbite, but not so warm that it 
becomes unhealthy for them. Let's go over the myths because there are a few myths out there. For sure. And we want to kind of warn everyone. Sometimes when you read something, it's too good to be true. It's not as easy as it seems. People repeat things over and over and over without any substantial evidence or without really putting a lot of thought into what they're saying. So number one, Vaseline on a comb will stop frostbite. And this is not true. No, this is so not true. And we talk about Vaseline and comb bombs as being protectants for skin and conditioning the skin and making dry skin more moist. Moisturizing. Right. Not protectant. Not a protectant. Not protecting the skin from frostbite. It will not. If you put Vaseline on a comb and they sit out there for in five degrees for five hours, they're getting frostbite. It's not a magic cure. That comb is going to freeze. A layer of petroleum jelly is not going to stop that comb in those cold temperatures from freezing. The cells are going to freeze and burst. The other myth, we were kind of touching on it before, moisture versus dry coops, it really doesn't change anything. Freezing temperatures are freezing temperatures. Once you have it cold, it's not going to change anything. The only thing it changes, and this is so minor, the only thing it could change is if there's actual condensation in the air because of the, the moisture, and that condensation can settle as frost right. or warm spots, usually windows, things like that. It'll settle <laughs> on a comb, but if it does, it could be very, 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 very mild frostbite, not even the type you need to even think about. What we're talking about is temperatures dropping and serious frostbite. Okay, so the next one is that Chickens have down jackets on, and this keeps them warm. They do have a higher body temperature. They do stay warm in cooler temperatures more than we do. That's true. But their skin that is exposed is exposed, okay? Right. There is no down jacket over their combs and waddles. There is no down jacket over their feet and legs. That's all exposed skin to the elements. That's right. My other problem with that is that, yes, they're all wearing quote unquote down jackets, but they all have different amounts of downs. My Andalusians get cold a whole heck of a lot faster than my Cochins do. This is where we talk about breed selection for your area. So if you have, if you're in Vermont and you have lots of Mediterraneans, then you kind of know at that point you're going to need panel or sweeter heaters and bring them in. You know, you can still have those types of chickens. And we talk about this every week in the breed spotlight, but you have to make provisions. You have to right. take care of them in these different different kind of climates. And when it's cold, Mediterraneans don't have a lot of fluff or down feathers to keep them warm. My other problem with that statement is that they're wearing down jackets, is that older chickens are more susceptible to cold. Younger chickens can be more susceptible to cold. Like you said, breed. And the other thing is that even though they're wearing quote unquote down jackets, probably thousands of chickens have died from the cold over over the millennia since chickens have been domesticated. Just because the species survived does not mean there hasn't been terrible amounts of damage done from cold. So, and the last thing we want to talk about is heated coops because, you know, we've come a long way and we've said this a lot. We've come a long way with technology. And that's why we say we're not reinventing the wheel when we talk about we want to 
do these things for chickens. What we're talking about is technology has brought us new inventions and new things that we can use to our advantage to make our chickens more comfortable. Well, our episode that's going to drop in two days about the Menorca, we talk about a Menorca breeder in upstate New York who began heating his Menorca hen houses because in the year 1898, they sustained some really severe frostbite. So that's right. over 100 years ago. And he was already finding a way he to brought his tent houses. Yeah, he found a way. And as time goes on, technology gets better. So we can move away from the heat lamp, which was more of a fire risk, which we never recommend anybody uses, to a sweeter heater or a panel heater, which are radiant heat, and they're so much safer. Right. So now that we have these technologies, why not embrace them and use them? Sure, your chicken could survive. But why not make them more comfortable and why not keep them going without having to deal with frostbite? Because frostbite, it's going to cost you in the end, one way or another, whether you heat the coop or whether you have to pay to take care of the frostbite. So I also want to note for chicken keepers in the south, in the southern part of the U.S., you're seeing more and more severe weather. You know, you usually, I would say at least every year or two, people in the South are getting severe cold snaps and they're losing chickens and they're sustaining terrible frostbite. I would say, go ahead and buy yourself a radiant heater. You might only use it three times in three years, but isn't that better than a terrible case of frostbite? It only needs one night of terrible temperatures to wound your chicken. Exactly. Well, we've we've addressed this so many times, but just very quickly, some people do still believe that if you heat a coop and the power goes out, your chicken's going to die. Oh, it's a whole acclimation thing. Right. And what we've learned through lots and lots of research that you've done is there's really nothing to kind of back that claim up. No, the best I can figure is, number one, if that came from some avian vets, there are some tropical birds that are very, very temperature sensitive. So it could be coming from that. It could also be the fears of, if you have, say, a heat lamp on your chickens and it's 100 degrees in your hen house, you can't let them out into 15-degree weather. That would be way too much of a shock for them. Well, I but think it's across the board. People, animals, it's not just yes, chickens. Exactly. There are reasons why, unless you're a middle school 14-year-old, you're going to put coats, pants, hat, gloves on and go out in the elements. Scarves, Middle schoolers are the only ones that I've ever seen go out with shorts and a short sleeve shirt in this weather and walk around and be okay. They have superpowers. They have superpowers. But everybody else has to make those provisions on themselves. Hat, gloves. Chickens, you know, like, we just have to be careful. Like you said, don't put them back out at 15 degrees. But, you know, with all of that said, keeping the area clean, using silver ointment, aloe vera, and going to see your veterinarian for pain meds, that's what you need to do to take care of frostbite. Right. There's there's some possibility that deep litter method might cause enough heat in your coop to keep to ward off frostbite, but neither one of us are experts on that. So keep an eye out for an upcoming guest where we're going to talk about that. Yeah, definitely for sure. Now, we're going to go ahead and put some aloe vera on our Amazon storefront so that it's right there for you to pick. And we have, I believe, Silver Ointment on there already, correct? Yeah, there's Curad brand on there. Mm -hmm. 
Now, the best silver ointment you can get is prescription. If you go to your veterinarian and, you know, get that there, that's the best thing that you can do. And just keeping that those areas clean and bringing them in and getting that temperature back up, getting the skin warmed to a moderate temperature. Exactly, is the best thing to do. Okay, so keep those questions coming. We're here for you. If you need to have somebody answer them, we're right here. But also give a listen. We have some other episodes out there where we talk about frostbite. Right. Episode 157 is when we talk with Dr. Rebecca about the medical side of frostbite. She talks about how she treats it. We have two other episodes, 110, where we address acclimation in more detail. And then 107, which is do's and don'ts of winter chicken care. Right. Any of those will be super helpful if you're looking to learn more about frostbite and how to prevent it. Definitely. So everybody stay warm. What should we tell everybody to do until next time? Keep your chickens warm and hug them extra tightly. Every day and kiss them too. We'll talk to you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. Thanks for listening.